We've been teaching over the last three weeks, and this will be part four of The Power of Prayer, but I titled this one Different Kinds of Prayer, subtitled it Different Kinds of Prayer. And I'm putting these together in a, in a teaching so that, you know, people can have some access to some things that will help with your prayer life, I believe, just to kind of understand a few things. But in, in the beginning of part one, I talked about, you know, just getting to know God, really absolutely getting to, getting to know God, the one that we are praying to. And I talked about how prayer to me is more than just talking to God, but spending time with God. We're talking to God, but we're also con conversing with God. In fact, I, I've got as one of the kinds of prayer down here. It's the, really the last one, but I'll go ahead and bring it up to the front. It's having conversation with God. And conversation is, is that that we can have the ability to interact with God throughout our day. You know, prayer developed as a lifestyle and a way is not just us going to God for uh, Sunday morning and, and giving God this hour, or, or it's not just uh, daily giving Him the, the first 15 minutes or 30 minutes of our day, but it's developing in time. Hopefully we develop that relationship that allows us to have conversation all day long. That's one of the things about mobile phones that's sometimes really wonderful and sometimes really time-consuming is the fact that it's with us always, and so is every other, everybody else and all kinds of other things. But where God is concerned, you know, when we develop a, an ability to interact with God on a regular basis, no matter what we're doing, He begins to interject, and we begin to realize that He's interjecting things. Last night, um, <clears throat> yesterday afternoon, we, we went to, Sue and I went to uh, help our Kate and Brittany, our son and daughter-in-law, are moving. They, they uh, had an opportunity to, to sell the house they bought a year ago when they first got married, and, and actually... You know, it's a God thing, blessing, um, and then find another house, you know, right there a couple miles away and, and just make an improvement over the whole situation. It's a pretty awesome deal. And so we went down there to help them pack up some stuff because, as you know, we are professionals. Uh, we've moved 18 times in, in 36 years, so we don't call me if you need. I will, I, okay, I heard that they had a, one of their friends had a coordinator, a moving coordinator. Now, I could be your coordinator. I can tell you, hey, start right here, put this stuff, pile this stuff here, and use the mattresses here, and the, you know, I can I can tell you how to pack a big U-Haul. Sometimes it's harder to move two miles than it is across the country because you do it in little pieces and it takes forever. But nonetheless, we were we were one of the stipulations on their house selling, and they they'd gotten it sold, but but the, one of the stipulations that the fireplace had to work, and they had these they had these um, it was a gas fire logs in the in the insert of the regular fireplace. And the people wanted it to work, and it wouldn't work when the inspector came to inspect the house. <clears throat> so they had called uh, a guy over there, and he was over there to do some plumbing work, and he was also looking at this thing since it was a gas stove. And, and so <clears throat> he, he couldn't get it working. He could get the pilot to light, but it wouldn't light the, the ring that lit behind the logs to make the logs look like they're burning, to throw the flames up there. And we thought it was broke. I had Sue Google a, a new one, what it was going to cost, and you know, just you know, kind of getting ideas of how how we're going to let them attack this thing, help them with advice. Uh, my son, and all of a sudden, you know, I had this, I had, I, I had this kid. You know, he was a young kid, and I, I said, uh, I said, go ahead and take that front part off. You got your drill, you got tool. I didn't have tools. Take that, take that front part so we can see what's in there. 
I said, there's gotta be a reason that gas is not going on around to light that ring. It, it looks just like something was in your gas grill. I mean, if you've never taken one of those apart, it's not, it looks like a, any basic gas thing. But I, I didn't know all the pieces and the parts. I said, we can look it up online. We gotta figure out what brand it is. It was all hidden back behind this shield, so I didn't pull that shield off. Well, then we saw the brand, it was Mr. Heater. I said, okay, well, you know, those are carried by local things. We, can, we, we got a good thing, we, got, we started this process. Now here, the reason I'm bringing you to this, see, why are you telling me this whole story? Because the Holy Spirit was involved in all this. Because I don't profess to be that smart. I am a problem solver, I think by, maybe by nature, maybe by the fact that I'm a dad of four, maybe by the fact that I'm a farmer and a rancher. Uh, maybe the fact that I'm a pastor, maybe it's just, you know, we're all, we're, but problems, solving problems comes natural, but yet I had no clue how to fix this, but I just knew one step at a time, and that was the things, and I wasn't, oh, Lord God, give me the wisdom how to do this. See, this is the thing. It had already been set that I was in tune enough to allow those thoughts. Well, the, there was a couple of ladies there that were friends of, of my daughter-in-law, or my daughter-in-law's grandma actually was there, and her sister, and they were sitting just watching. They were, they were enjoying the fact that we were accomplishing something because it got down to the end, and we were, we'd given up. I was getting ready to have you put that back, back together, and I said, let's, let's, light, let, let me, let's, let's try to light this thing. I had not tried to light it. So he turns the, he turns the gas back on, he lights the pilot, and then I hold the deal. You had to hold it in, you know, till it gets hot enough that you can release it, and then you turn the knob. And I turned the knob, and it went, Phew. They go, wow, you're amazing. You, you fixed this. And I went, no, I'm going to give God the credit for that. Because all I knew was the prompting to, instead of giving up, try it one more time. Now, how many times in our life... Are we at a point that we're ready to give up? Maybe we've tried everything. I use my, my old case tractor as the example all the time. I've told that story a hundred times. Spent money, was getting ready to spend a lot of money, but I walked around it in. Now, that time I did stop and pray and say, Lord, give me wisdom. But here I am just going through life, going through, and he, I call it, interrupted me. He prompted me. He gave me that thought. You say, well, that's just probably coincidence. Well, for some people, it may be coincidence. For me, who has endeavored to walk according to the Spirit, led by the Spirit of God, who studies, teaches, whatever, I want, I want God's help because I want Him to show me. I want Him to show me how to be a better horseman. I want Him to show me how to anticipate a problem on my vehicle, when to fix it. I drive vehicles with a lot of miles on them, but I'm not scared of them as long as I anticipate the problem and keep things fixed. Sometimes it's, you know, who to take it to. I'm not smart enough, but it's sometimes who to take it to. I had my John Deere, my little John Deere tractor. I'd been going to, I couldn't get that sucker to, one brake was locking up, and I finally had a bam, God moment one day. Called Josh. Well, Josh hadn't worked on that six, 1960 model tractor, but he's a John Deere mechanic. He had access to schematics and things I didn't have. He fixed it, or he, or he got me the part. I mean, it was fixed. Thirty bucks. I would have taken it into them, and they just probably charged me six hundred. <laughs> well, maybe not. Close, three hundred. But in this, <clears throat> in this, we see. 
that in prayer and developing the, the, the life of prayer is where the power of prayer comes. And so we talked about knowing God. We talked about the abundance of the, of the power of the authority of Jesus' name. And, and we talked about building petitions before God. We've talked about a little bit of these, little bits of these things as we've gone through. But today I want to talk about different kinds of prayer because, see, there are times that we, that we pray using some of the wrong, a little bit of things wrong and not getting results because I want to get results when I pray. So understanding different kinds helps us. And, and, and one of the perfect analogies that God gave me for understanding different types of prayer, kinds of prayer, is like rodeo. You know, most of you at least know what, what happens in a rodeo. You know, there's bulls and broncs and what is the, what is the, uh, the, the, the uh, song, the, the mud and the, all in the gold and the buckle. Anyway, I, that's terrible. But there's broncs and the, I, God, I can't even sing that song. It's so, Garth Brooks. Yeah, okay, anyway. <clears throat> so there's your Garth Brooks reference for today. But there's the different, different there's the rough stock events. There's the, there's the timed events. There's those. There's the things that 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 require rope, and within each event, there's different rules, right? You don't you don't worry about the markout rule when you're running barrels. You don't you don't worry. You don't focus on the barrier, at, you know, in the in the rough stock. You use the rules that are according to that event for the whole of rodeo. Everybody there is is a part of that same thing. Where prayer is concerned, there's some different things that apply in different scenarios in different times. So the first type of prayer that I want to talk about is the, is the prayer of faith. And I've asked for the sake of time, I want to get through these, and I'm not going to turn to all these scriptures, but if you take a note, you can write them down. But he's pulling up James chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 15. We didn't actually, Ephesians 6, 18, we didn't ever put that up there out of the Amplified. And I do want to do that, Ephesians 6, 18. He's talked about the armor of God. But he gets down to this final part of this, and I didn't turn there for, for the sake of distraction and, and time, but he says, pray with all prayer. He's talking about our battle spiritually, and he gets to the end, he says, pray with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times on every occasion and in every season in the Spirit, and with, with this in view Stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Back up that one slide. I want to I look at that because the way this is worded in the first part of that verse, it, it says, pray with all prayers and petition with specific requests. The uh, classic amplified says all manner of prayer. Some of the other translations talk about this, the different kinds, the different, uh, tr uh, different ways to pray. It, it's referred to in another part of Scripture where it talks about different types of prayer. But notice he said, with all prayer, so all kinds of prayer, all manner of prayer, and petition, so that making our request. But notice he says, with specific requests. You know, we talked about this in part two, knowing the will of God where prayer is concerned. I didn't stress where prayer is concerned, but I think it was understood because I was talking about prayer. But knowing the will of God where our prayers are concerned add a power to them that it increases our effectiveness because we're asking in line with God's will. So we can be very specific. There's times we only know general things. 
we, we're not going to know necessarily specifics, but we know God's general will concerning that situation. And so, uh, but, but the end of that with, with in the Spirit, with, with the Spirit helping out, with Him giving us direction and guidance and, and then staying alert with all perseverance the, and, and petition, interceding in prayer, man, man, standing our ground, continuing in it, holding up others for all people. Uh, man, there's so many parts to that of what we're talking about just in that one scripture. But the first type of kind of prayer uh, uh, that I want to talk about is the prayer of faith. And we see that example out of Romans, or I mean, uh, James chapter 5, verse 15. So we're going to flash that one up there in just uh, the NIV translation. It says, it says and, the, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. King James says, we'll save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. You know, it's, it's powerful how um, he says he refers to the prayer of faith uh, healing them. The power of prayer and the power of faith. Another scripture that, that stands out as an example, and we're going to go into a little more if you'll turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. You know, I teach a lot on faith and on prayer, and so I'm not going to take a lot of time to, to uh, break down each one of these kinds of prayer. We're going to breeze through some of them fairly quickly, but I want to spend just a little bit more time here. In this chapter 9 of, of Mark, uh, verse 23, actually, let's start in verse uh, 17. He says, this man, <clears throat> man in the crowd answered, teacher, talking to Jesus, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. So this spirit, unclean spirit, had robbed him of speech. He said, I, I brought him. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him in the, on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Notice how, how Jesus responds. He says, you unbelieving generation. Now, unbelieving and, and understanding that word believing there is a, and I'm not, I'm not a Greek scholar, okay? I just read the helps and the, and the lexicons and the things that are provided. I also uh, read commentaries and that, that sort of thing to study. I'm also not, a, uh, not that great at English, okay? I didn't, in high school, I didn't learn to dissect sentences very well. I, I, escaped, I barely got through it. When I went to college, comp one and comp two, I, I learned, I, I did really well because you, you could write and I could write and put things together and then, you know, Sue would help me put the commas in the right place and all that stuff and, and it all worked out real good. But, but uh, in, in, uh, in college, I learned a lot about understanding things. I resisted. All I was going to do was cowboy and ranch. I, I, high school was not important to me and English was not important to me, but it, sh it should be, high school students. It should be. It's valuable. You should really learn that stuff, especially English and math. Okay, so, but this is a verb, unbelieving, unbelieving. I believe this, this right here is, is, a, is a verb. There's no action or it's a lack of action. If it was believing, it would be the action of believing. Or and there, there's, there's an understanding of using what your faith is, what you believe, or putting it into action, following it through with it. 
what he's what he's getting at here is he says he says you unbelieving generation Jesus replied how long shall I stay with you how long shall I put up with you bring the boy to me now my first question is is who is he calling an unbelieving his disciples or the whole crowd I mean there's a crowd there and and the father so we assume I assume these the disciples that were struggling with unbelief but very possibly even the man who the father he, he desired the answer he didn't want his kid to be in this this interrupted his life the kid's life it was miserable he wanted out of the situation he wanted deliverance but did he have faith to believe maybe part of the problem with the disciples being able to pray was was the unbelief there I don't know we don't know but that's a possibility he goes on he says so they brought him when the spirit saw Jesus now the spirit was in the boy but when, but, but the spirit that was in the boy could see Jesus when he saw him he threw the boy into the convulsion he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth and Jesus asked the boy's father how long has it been like this from childhood he answered it often throws him into the fire or water to kill him but if you can notice what he says if you can do anything if you can do anything take pity on us and help us see he didn't have any faith he said man if you can do anything now he's talking to Jesus and I, and I love the way the NIV reads this in, in verse 23 he says if you can with a question mark I think it's hilarious because I think Jesus was like if you know, we, we, we mess with each other. You know, guys, you know, we'll, we'll say, you know, we'll be challenged or something. We'll say, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> of course. Here, hold my, um, and we'll, you know. <laughs> well, we want to walk in a way that is pleasing to God, but there's times when we don't have the faith we need. But here's the thing that we want to we understand. He says, if you can, now understand something. Jesus wasn't being proud. He wasn't being the what, what I just demonstrated, what I just, what I just joked about. Jesus was, if you can, I'm sure he might have bristled up a little bit like you don't understand who you're talking to. But the biggest point he was making was, you're in a, you're in a position of doubt. So watch what he, how he flips that around. He flips that around, and he immediately says, he says, uh, immediately the boys, or he says, verse 23 continues on. He says, everything is possible for one who believes. So he puts the responsibility over onto the Father. And he says, your faith is a part of this. Now listen, I don't believe every time, and, I, and I'm not one of those people that believes every time that we fail in prayer, it's a lack of faith. There are other contributors. Now, it can be. Absolutely can be. But there's times when, when, when we're praying, and we're praying for something that's entirely wrong, or we're praying, and, and like the, the, the example of the fire, uh, the gas log thing, we, you, you gave up too quickly. You didn't, you didn't, didn't try it one more time. Or you didn't, know, you didn't maintain that position of sensitivity to allow God to direct and tweak and adjust and help you through the situation. 
There, there's many things that will affect it, but there are times it's just our lack of faith. And I think recognizing that's valuable to us. If I come to God in prayer, what does Mark eleven twenty three say? If, you're, if you ask anything in my name without doubting, and do not doubt, you'll have it. So if we come to God in prayer, come to God in that prayer of faith, but yet doubt shows up, we, we, it's, it's telling on us. But you know what it's doing? It's just telling us to go back and pray. Go back and study the Word. Go back and ask the Lord, God, show me where the weakness is. Because immediately when Jesus spoke those words to this unbelieving father, he desired the answer, but he didn't have the faith to believe. He said, when Jesus spoke the words, everything is possible to one who believes. Immediately the man's response was, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. And then there's a comma. What's that? That's a pause in thought, right? I think that's the way they define the use of a comma. It's a pause. It's a hesitation. It's a little stutter. In, in that moment of that comma, I believe there was that doubt that came. Just like Jesus when Mark eleven twenty three, 23, when he said, pray and does not doubt. I think sometimes we pray and we've got faith for the moment, but then the realization very well may have been that this, this father heard Jesus speak. It's anything is possible to him who's believed. And in that moment of hearing those words, he moved with, I believe. And then he heard his son, felt it, you know, flopping on the ground still. Or however, whatever was going on. Reality came back in. And then he said, help my unbelief. Now that's, a, that's the reason I say it. It looks to me that that's the way that that took place is because I know from my experience in prayer and my prayer over people that this is the thing that happens so often is we hear a word, we read a scripture, we pray a prayer in our prayer time, and we're absolutely convinced, we're assured, God, you've got this. And then we're hit with reality and, and doubt comes. It's a difficult thing. But I believe that if we'll, if we'll stand our ground and hold fast... You know, the wonderful thing about, I, I use the illustration of uh, Mark chapter 4, where it talks about the parable of the sower, or the parable of the four types of soil. You know, the one, one common thing in there was, a couple of common things in that all those different types of soil, was that there was soil, which represented a man's heart, and there was seed, which represented the Word of God, and there were conditions that determined whether or not it produced its fruit. You remember there was one that was on rocky soil that didn't have any depth of earth, and so it was burned up under pressure. There was another one that the briars and the, the weeds and the cares of the world came in and choked it out. And there was one that was on the, uh, it looked like one of Kim Ford's fields, beautiful, perfectly cultivated seed bed, looked like a garden out there, beautiful, ready to be planted, and it produced. That's, that's the heart that produces. And so here's what I, here's what I would say. If we're in this place like this, like this man, we've, we're in pray, faith, we pray, and then we get into the reality of it and we struggle, all of a sudden doubt comes in. We go back. See, don't let it be choked out. Don't let it, you know, we get busy and we, and we, and we, and we or get impatient or we get whatever stress of, of, of those times. We, uh, <clears throat> we balance all that out. Um, Jesus said here in this, in, in going on down, it says, uh, verse 25, then 
Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene. He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and, and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him. Never enter, enter him again. And Jesus, or the spirit, shrieked, verse 26, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not drive him out? So Jesus was expecting his disciples to be able to, to cast that demon out. So obviously they were in error as well, or they were limited in faith or whatever, however we want to look at that as well. So I think when we're praying over situations, and I'm praying for somebody else, there's, there's two sides sometimes. There's two sides to a prayer of faith. The one praying, having faith to pray it, one receiving, having faith to receive it. You know, we can exchange that prayer of faith then and then walk out the door and the symptoms come back where sickness is concerned or, or you know, so you go to faith, you, you hear a great teaching on tithing and you give and then you think God's got all my needs met, all my needs are met. And then you, you know, you open the checkbook or open get the mail and it's like, oh, wow, I didn't plan on that bill and getting fear. So, you know, holding, holding our ground the disciples were expected to be able to do those things, but, but notice verse 29, he says, he replied, this kind came out only by prayer and fasting. Now, fasting is not on the NIV and the ESV. It's in the King James. It's one of the reasons I wouldn't use the NIV for a lot of years because of that. But here's the reason that it's not on there. When the translators translated the King James earlier, earlier they had not found some of the earlier manuscripts that they found by the time they came out with some of the more modern translations. More modern translations, it was not in the original, the oldest of the ones, and so that's the justification for leaving it off. But they note it, at least in my study Bibles, they note that they left that off, or that some manuscripts have it, some don't. They chose to not put it in there. Here's my point with the whole thing is this one came out, notice Jesus separated this situation and casting out this demon to additional, more than just your normal, it took additional, additional prayer. And I'd add fasting, I wrote it in there, because I know in my life in times when I needed to hear God more, the, the decisions were weightier, the, the doctor's report was worse, the financial condition, the decisions were more life-altering. Whatever the bigger decisions required more in order to make sure I was right to hearing God and, lead and, and asking for His direction. I mean, there was times I fasted and prayed, how do I get this kid through this season of life? You know, there's times when we fast and pray, how do I get this kid through this, this challenge of, oh my goodness, you know, and, and trust me, your little ones are a challenge, and then they get big, and they're, holy cow, they're a challenge. You're like, oh, God, you mean it gets tougher? Sometimes. But, you know, we were sitting there last night with our son and daughter-in-law, and, and Sue and I, and we were talking about marriage and, 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 and going, going through all that we went through. And, you know, we were talking. I, said, I asked him, I, said, I asked Cade, you know, he's our third kid. I asked Cade, I said, did you ever know we were struggling at times? He said, no, I didn't. He said, I knew he didn't have some things some of my friends had. But he said, I never knew, you know. He never knew. Well, I said, well, here's the point. Because we were a team together, and because we continued to work together in those, in those difficult times, and in those times where things were a challenge, whether it was parenting was a challenge, whether finances was a challenge, whether a house was a challenge, a car was a challenge, whatever the challenge was, 
we spent time working together in those things. Didn't mean we never disagreed. We just sometimes disagree. But we always continued to work together, teamed up together, so that we were a unified front. One of the most damaging things you can do as a parent is not be unified. When you let a kid talk one side of the, of the unified front out of something, you just, you just took the foundation out from under the other one. That is parenting 101. Dads, I know sometimes it's easier just to give them what they want. But if mama has said and laid the ground rules down that this is the way it needs to be, you need to hold that up. You need to hold that up and then talk about it later if you disagree. There's been plenty of times where me and Sue got in the other room and I said, wait a minute, this stinks. I don't like this rule. But I didn't do that in front of the kids. Okay? I had a wonderful example in my parents is I never knew they didn't 100% agree. And we didn't, we, we would try once in a while to slip around and get dad to give us something or mom to give us something. But if they ever found out we were doing that, it was a whooping like, I mean, that was, that was some of those things is, is major correction. But see, you can't build a foundation for that child and it, and it starts at home. They'll never act good out in public if, if they don't act, you know, if you don't hold some of those standards. Now, I mean, you can be too much, you can be too hard on them. I mean, you know, give them a little bit of room. Give them a little, I mean, you know. And there's times you have to in front of each other go, honey, come on. I, there, there were times when Sue would say something like, if you do that one more time, we're leaving. And we'd be at some friend's house or something, and I'm having a good time. And I'm like, look at her like, don't say that. They're going to do it again, and we're going to have to leave. I'm not ready to go. And there's a, there's a whole lot of times you want to let them let them buy with things, you know. Anyway, I don't I don't I don't want to cause any fights right here within the church, but I'm I'm telling you those are types of things, and that's why Sue and I we have got to get together and do some marriage stuff because those are fun fun things, but they're just things that have to be reinforced constantly. And 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 you know when you slip a little bit, sometimes you have to come back and say, look, we got to work on this. But sometimes I'm telling you when when we had our kids going through all those different seasons. Our deal was our kids were spread out so much that we were dealing with teenager things and, and little kid things at the same time. Sometimes that's easier. Sometimes that's more difficult. And then you got the challenge when they're close together. It's like, holy cow. But there's all different kinds of scenarios. Some of you have blended families. There's all different kinds of scenarios. And here's, But here's the thing. When you together decide we're going to pray, when you together lock hands and say, we're going to pray over this situation. Now, if your spouse won't do that, then you stand with God and pray. But if you can pray together, I'm telling you, you are a unified front. No devil in hell can defeat. And that you can walk through anything together. And, and the answers will begin to come. And, 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 you know, and men, I'll just tell you this. If you want to, and, and this works for women too, but men, if you want to, if you want to seem more like, more awesome to your wife, begin to lead in prayer because most, at least Christian women, obviously, they want to see their man step up and pray. All right, if, you're, if anybody's here, not here that needs to hear this, you make sure they watch this, okay? But uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but anyway, that, that, is, that is key. You know, fasting and prayer, here, here's my point in bringing a lot, all that up is there were seasons where it was difficult and my prayer had to continue to be strong. 
I had to continue to seek the Lord. It wasn't a go in there 15 minutes with, with God and pray, and, and I get an answer, and I walk out and fix the problem, and I go on with my day. It might have been every night, every morning, seeking the Lord over a period of time. And, and you know, I think that's the demonstration that he's talking about. This kind only comes out by prayer. And he didn't mean just, uh, you know, oh, my Lord, lay me down to sleep, whatever that, whatever that nighttime prayer is that some people, you know, that you hear, hear see. Well, it's not just praying the Lord's Prayer. It's seeking the Lord in prayer like we've been talking about so that we're understanding, okay, God, we're, we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and I think that's one of the keys to fasting or the importance of adding fasting in there sometimes is I have to discipline my flesh to get out of the way so I can be sensitive to hear God and be willing to, to set aside the distractions and give God my time that it's going to require. Some, some things, you know, you think about it. What have you got in life that is valuable to you and, and how many of those things came easy? Not hardly any. Most everything in life we had to work for, but what do we value the most? The things we work for. So we work for these things, not earning salvation, but w w learning how to be in that place to hear God, to have a prayer of faith that in the end we've, we've taken the time to know, okay, God, this is, the, this is the problem. You know, where kids are concerned, sometimes you need to identify, okay, it's, this is the root of the problem. The Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor. He can, he can give us the in-depth direction. Here's what's going to fix this. Here's what's going to help us get by this problem. Here's what's going to change it. Okay. So those are things. We, we need to remember that faith is believing and believing is a verb. The believing is the act on our faith that we've established based on God and His Word. See, sometimes the extra is required to move the mountain or change the impossibility. The second kind of, and I'm not going to take as much time on these others, but second type of prayer is prayer of agreement. And, and this, I've always associated the prayer of agreement uh, with, um, I'm trying to think of the scripture, Acts, Acts chapter uh, 1 and Acts chapter 2, they were, there was a corporate prayer. I've always talked about um, just Matthew 18, 19 and, and the power of agreement. But over in the book of Acts, in these verses, it talks about corporate prayer and the agreement that they came to together. You know, when I've taught about prayer of agreement, I've just talked about like where two or more agree concerning anything. But as I began to study this and was looking up some more information and, and researching this, I ran across this guy's, this, this other, I don't even know who the guy was, but it, it fit because you think about a church when we get, to get together corporate, what we call corporately or in a large group, and we set ourselves in agreement about something, that's when things begin to change. That's why vision is so important. That's why, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the things that we bring before the church, hey, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. This is a, a challenge that we have in the elevator working or, or this challenge that we have in, in getting the electrical all done. We begin to pray, maybe only a handful, but in a church there was agreement with the prayer. See, I'll, I'll use that example of, uh, and in the family, it would be husband and wife, or, or sometimes you gather the children up as our kids got older, and sometimes they were just old enough to handle it. We'd gather them together and say, look, we're going to pray together about this. But as a church, I, print, I brought back in uh, 18, I think 2018, I brought the, the need for the electrical upgrade for the church. 
And at that time, we were running on running in the red just a little bit. I mean, it was not a good time to be bringing in, you know, a, a eight or ten thousand dollar bid, even though there was money in the bank. It just didn't seem like to, to some of the board at the time the, the people were were hesitant. But I presented it before the church, and the church agreed this needs to be done. I don't know how, I don't know when, and I don't know what, but it needs to be done. And maybe it was maybe it was 2019, but but once I believe one of the keys to that coming together was the fact that we got into agreement that this needed to be done. And the one person, there was one, one, or, one or two people that were hesitant about that, removed themselves out of the situation, and the transformation was instant. Like, I'm talking about instant. Agreement or, or unity in prayer moving forward is, is key. That's why we try to do things, present things in a way, and bring people along so that we can agree. You know, that's the power within a family. And why does the devil love to divide? Because he destroys the ability for the prayer of agreement, the power to release God's, the, 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 the work of God. He'll try to divide. He'll try to, and, and that's why he tries to do about our, our nation. Right now, I believe, is a powerful thing. Let's look at Matthew 18, 19. And... Uh, I said I wasn't going to take as much time with this, and I'm not have to, I have not taken as much time yet. I got to hurry. I'm going to take too much time. This probably isn't going to get it done. This set of notes. I've been trying to finish my notes, but I'm not going to get it done today. Prayer of agreement in uh, Matthew 18, 19. He says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, I think the New King James says concerning anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Now, I think we can uh, understand that, that we're, we're talking about a prayer that's led by the Holy Spirit. He says anything. He's talking about a, a Holy Spirit-led prayer and a prayer that would be according to God's will. I mean, I can't just... I mean, I, if, if I could, I mean, me and Boyd... We'd get together and we'd agree we're both going to get brand new trucks. In Jesus' name, he may want his to be red and I want mine to be, I don't know what color. I like that brown, like my old brown one because it doesn't show dirt as bad. You just keep driving. I don't have to wash it. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I love, it's the same color as the dirt. That works out really good for me. But, you know, I, I want, I want, you know, you, you, you could pray that. That's, that's not what he's talking about. Now, if it's a need that we had, we can believe God for it. There's been other times where I've believed in a truck. one brand new, but I believed in a truck that I needed. God moved upon me and, and, and challenged me. Can you pray? Can you believe God for a truck? And I went to, to my partners at the time. We were doing ministry and driving a lot of miles, and God provided a, a newer, newer truck than what we had. The one we had had like 320,000 miles on it. And, uh, and so it was time for a new one. But I wanted, you know, God provide anything according to his will. So we begin to pray and agree over those things. Then we can release our faith. He says that he'll do it. So there's power and agreement is what I want you to see. Now, one of the reasons that it's important to, to recognize the prayer of agreement is because there is an ability for the other side. Somebody, if you say, would you pray for me for my finances? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I need things. Okay, so 
I can stand, it doesn't hurt, well, it might hurt me, but I'm not feeling the pain of, you know, your situation every day. I'm not living in it. So I'm not moved by, you know, somebody saying, how are we going, where's, where's this coming from? How are we going to do this? I'm not moved by, I can stand in faith, in other words. So sometimes the power of agreement is my faith can hold up your situation in a way. That's why sometimes getting, getting somebody to pray in agreement is a helpful thing. Maybe you're, maybe you're in, your, in, a, in a sickness situation. You're dealing with the pr pr pain or you're dealing with the decisions. You're dealing with those things. It's hard. And so those are the things that sometimes where it can be very, very helpful. But let me, let me just close with this. Is the importance of, of the prayer of agreement is that you understand what's being agreed upon. If you're praying for something and, and you're praying for, you know, uh, Finances to change, that's very, very general. Or, you know, I mean, I, I don't really, that's not specific. You know, in your mind, you may be saying, I want finances to change, so I want more income. And, and my thought is, is we give God full reign over the situation, and he may give, a, give you wisdom on how to stem the, the outgo, change the outgo. So that's normally what, what I start with, change the outgo. Get rid of a payment, get rid of something, if, if I can't. So, but God has the answers. Okay, so let's, let's just wrap it up there. I'm going to continue with these kinds of prayers. I've got, man, I've got some other ones that are really good, fun. This will be, this will be, I think it'll be beneficial. We'll understand some of these things and just enhance your prayer life. And here's the thing. Prayer is going to God with your need. And when we incorporate the Word of God, the Scripture with that, we begin to know who He is. We begin to understand His will. And we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, He can give a, guide us into how to pray and what to do. So we'll continue in this in the, over, the ne over next week. Let's just stand and let's just prepare our hearts to pray and, or by prayer and close. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for, for loving us, for providing for us the opportunity to get together in this place. Father, we thank you for those who are watching online that can't be here today because they're on their traveling vacation or whatever. Father, we just ask that, and, and others that would be watching, but Father, we just ask that, that each and every one of us, you know exactly where we're at in our lives. And Father, I believe that, that every Christian desires to pray and pray more, pray effectively, pray with power. Lord, teach us like the disciples asked. They asked to be taught to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Help us to continue in that relationship with you, that time spent with you, developing the ability to be effective to be powerful for our needs and to intercede and stand in the gap for others' needs. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.